It's a little bit of an out of the box hiring from Schneider, but I don't completely hate it. Here's why. His defenses, they allowed the ninth and then the sixth fewest yards allowed the last two seasons. Put that in perspective, the Seahawks, they finished 22nd or worse in yards allowed since 2018. That's the last year that a Legion of Boom player was still with the team in that second year. When it comes to the players, everyone talks highly about Mike McDonald, which is a big thing because McDonald didn't play. It's hard to get players respect for you if you're not someone who went through the game. Can you imagine Devin Witherspoon in this system where you can use him in a nickel and then the very next play, even with a nickel still out there, you can use him as your number one corner. But if you're a Seahawk fan, you gotta go to bed tonight sleeping pretty good, feeling pretty good, and you're probably watching some 2022-2023 Baltimore Ravens defensive highlights. Because those are coming to a field near you. Oh, look at this run! What a run! Marshawn Lynch! Still on his feet! Has blockers now! He's dancing his way for the touchdown! What is going on? Welcome to In the Trenches with Will Ortner, a Couch GM podcast. Make sure you go and like and subscribe on YouTube to the Couch GM so that way you can stay up to date and get up to the minute information on all of the things going on on the channel. You're going to want to make sure that you check out Connor's Baseball Podcast or Cat and Laura's Football Slash soccer whichever word you choose to call their sport make sure that you're paying attention because we have great content that's coming out not monthly not weekly but daily from all four of us you're going to want to make sure that you pay attention to all the great and quality content that we provide you. You can also go to Instagram or Twitter and follow at the Couch GM. Also, if you wanna go and give your boy some pub, you can go and follow me on Instagram or on Twitter slash X at Will Ortner, and that's gonna be all lowercase. I appreciate that. I wanna make sure that I got the emergency podcast out right away because just after doing you know, our podcast with Tim Booth uh, only, what, three, four days ago, we already have the Seahawks. They made a move. They hired Mike McDonald, ninth coach in Seahawks history, so I want to jump right into that. They're moving from the oldest coach, Pete Carroll. He was 72. Now they have the youngest coach, McDonald. He's 36. It's not a complete out-of-the-box hire. I mean, we talked about it with Tim earlier where he said, hey, it seems like they're kind of waiting around. His initial thought was maybe it was going to be one of the coordinators out in Detroit. He thought there was some smoke around Ben Johnson, maybe a little bit out of the box hire Aaron Glenn. But Mike McDonald was someone that we talked about, and he seemed very interested in, and clearly the Seahawks were very interested. Now, they made some interesting moves. They didn't uh, set up their interviews right away, so they had it was a very quick turnaround. The Seahawks came in. They had, you know, a couple different interviews with McDonald, make sure they went through all the proper procedure that they needed to, to be able to hire him. He went out there yesterday. Uh, so he would have went out there on Tuesday. If you're watching this on Thursday or on Friday or at a later date. So we went out there on, on Tuesday, January 30th. And he is now a Seattle Seahawk. Now, as we go through McDonald's stuff, you're going to want to make sure that you're paying attention. I know that not a whole lot is known about him. He's only been coaching for 10 years, but he started out in Georgia. He was doing some high school coaching. Georgia found him. Uh, this is back when Mark Rick was the head coach, not Kirby Smart. He went out, hired him. He had him on as a GA and had him on in uh, some different roles in that 
football program, a very quality football program, a team that was always really good, just couldn't quite get over uh, the top. Then he ends up getting hired out. He ends up uh, coaching as an intern with the Baltimore Ravens. He even was contemplating being completely out of football, which is crazy to go from almost out of football. And 10 years later, you're now running an NFL franchise, right? He ends up becoming the DB coach in 17. From there, he moves to being the linebackers coach from 18 to 20. He wants to make a big jump up. So John, his head coach, his brother, Jim Harbaugh, comes in, hires him away from his brother, John. He's the D.C. in Michigan for from 2021 for just one year. Uh, he did a fantastic job over there with Jim. I believe that was the first year that they were able to get to the college football playoff. So that was a big deal for him. And he helped kind of lead uh, that turnaround over there. He comes back to Baltimore after Wink Martindale. He ends up leaving, uh, being forced out, you know, one of those kind of deals. And uh, he's been the DC over there for the past uh, two years. So he started out in uh, the 22 23 season and then obviously the 23 24 season. It's a little bit of an out-of-the-box hiring from Schneider, but I don't completely hate it. Here's why. He's 36 years old. He says two seasons as the Ravens' D.C. Remember, when Martindale was still the D.C., that Ravens' defense, they were starting to struggle. Now, some things, you know, the last two seasons, Lamar has stayed relatively healthy. And whenever Lamar's healthy, that's going to bolster your defense because teams are going to do different things offensively to keep the ball out of Lamar's hands. Also, when you have Lamar, maybe the most electric player right now in football. I mean, if you really think about it, I'm not going to say he's the best, but he's going to probably be a two-time MVP at any moment. He can take it to the house either through the air with his arm or he can just run. Uh, so you've got one of the more electric players, if not the most electric player in football right now. That helps a defense no matter what. That being said, his defense finished third and first in fewest points allowed while he's been the defensive coordinator. Put that in perspective for you. The Seahawks finished 25th and 30th. This is obviously the most important stat as a DC because if the other team doesn't score a lot of points, which the Ravens were holding teams under 20 points. I want to say it was 10 or 11 out of 17 games this season. If you're holding teams to that low of a margin uh, for points that they're scoring, you have a gigantic margin for victory, especially offensively. The way that the Ravens were handling things, they were a little bit more explosive this last year. The year before, they were a little bit more ground and pound. So you really had to hold teams to a low point total because of the way your offense wants to dominate time of possession. If you fall behind early, you have to get completely out of your game plan, and he was able to keep his team from doing that. Now, this is an interesting stat, and you're going to see a lot of people really bang the drum for this stat. I'm going to poo-poo it, but then I'm going to build it up. So just, just bear with me on that. His defenses, they allowed the, the ninth and then the sixth fewest yards allowed the last two seasons. Put that in perspective, the Seahawks, they finished 22nd or worse in yards allowed since 2018. That's the last year that a Legion of Boom player was still with the team in that secondary, right? People are still going to bang the drum of, well, Bobby's technically Legion of Boom, but Legion of Boom, when people think about it, they think about Cam, they think about Earl, they think about Maxwell, they think about Sherm, they even throw in Browner in there as well, right? So when you look at that, that seems like a pretty good stat line, and I'm not going to completely dump on it, but you have to remember, when it comes to football, there's a saying, yards don't beat you, 
points beat you. So for me, when I look at yardage, yes, that's a key stat because if teams are just gaining a bunch of yards all over you, that's probably going to lead to scores. But it doesn't always. Now, when you look at the amount of points that the Ravens defense was giving up, that's where I think this is a key attribute because it means that there's a correlation. Not only do they stop teams from scoring, but they also stop teams from gaining the yardage needed to get into scoring position, right? Because sometimes teams will give up a bunch of yards, and this is especially true in college football. Like I think this last year, Oregon's defense, as good as it was, when it came to yards allowed, it was probably more yards in most games than you would expect. I mean, I remember Cam Ward threw for 400 on the Oregon defense. Cam Ward didn't finish a lot of drives in the end zone. So sometimes that can be a little bit misleading, but when you factor it in with the fewest points, that tells me clearly that McDonald can coach a fantastic and stellar defense. Obviously, we went through the coaching line. While it's mainly been in Baltimore, in fact, it's only been in Baltimore when it comes to his professional coaching tree. When you look at him coaching under Jim Harbaugh, him coaching under uh, Mark Rick, that's huge. It shows that a lot of players and uh, coaches in the game trust him. When it comes to the players, everyone talks highly about Mike McDonald, which is a big thing because McDonald didn't play. It's hard to get players respect for you if you're not someone who went through the game. McDonald, the highest level that he played at, high school football. He had some injuries and then that was that. But instead of being the guy who's at the bar who said, I would have been pro, I would have been a full ride scholarship guy to Georgia if I didn't take that arrow to the knee. He's one of those guys who kept building and building on that. And then this last year, his defense led the NFL in allowing the fewest points, 16 and a half on the season, huge number. You can win a lot of games when teams are basically only scoring two touchdowns and two two-point conversions, right? That's huge. They also recorded the most sacks of the season, 60, and takeaways. No team has ever done that. They had 60 sacks this year and 31 takeaways. That is huge, and that is something that needs to be brought in. He was also able to get a lot of the big dogs over there, Kyle Hamilton, Roquan Smith, uh, Queen. He was able to get those guys to buy in and respect him. All of his former players, they talk very highly about him. They talk about the scheme that he runs which can be a very complicated scheme. And now when you listen to what I have to say and when you listen to what a lot of other people are going to say about McDonald, remember one thing. When we are talking about his scheme, the true nitty-gritty of his scheme is always going to stay the same. The way that football works, you can't just come in every single week. Like some people are going to want you to think with McDonald. He comes in every week and it's a new scheme and it's new this and it's new that. That is not true. It just can't be true because when you learn a system, it's like learning a new language. You can't consistently change that every single week. But what McDonald does is he gets a bunch of players who are versatile. Roquan Smith, one of the best, if not the best, interior linebacker in the game. It's him or Fred Warner, right? He's got Queen, a guy who can play inside and outside. 
Kyle Hamilton, that dude can cover like some of the best corners in the game, but he can also play in the box and fill like some of the best inside linebackers in the game. And he's got him at a safety at 6'4". The dude's roaming around the field. He's able to bring in Jadavian Clowney, not a malcontent, but definitely a guy who is not afraid to move on from a situation if he doesn't feel that it fits him best. And he's able to get some of the most production out of him since probably his Houston Texans days, right? So here you have this coach who comes in. He's able to get the respect from his players, but he gets a bunch of versatile players. A guy like Jadavian Clowney who can play inside, who can play outside. Hamilton, a guy you can put in the box, drop him back into that free safety role all, all by himself, put him into man coverage on guys all by himself, and the guy can excel. Roquan Smith, a guy that he lets play free, but also inside of his system. So what you're going to see are a lot of people that come out and say, it's a little bit of a complicated system, but he wants a versatile player and he wants players that can play a variety of positions. And here's how he changes it up week per week is that he asks his guys to do different things every single week based on what the offense is giving him. It almost feels a little bit like the same philosophy behind a coach that wants to come in with a lot of RPO or zone read options in games, right? Like the whole reason that offenses come in and say, hey, we want to run the zone read or the RPO game is because you want options on options on options. You do this so that the defense basically screws themselves over, right? I'm going to run a zone read system here. I'm freeing up the defensive end. If the defensive end takes the running back, the quarterback pulls. If the defensive end takes the quarterback, the quarterback hands the ball off to the running back. He cannot be right. It's almost a similar idea with this defense because they're an amoeba. You have a bunch of guys who are physical freaks who want to play with each other but are willing to one game play a lot of blitzing and they're going to set up for blitz packages or simulated blitzes because that's what's going to work against this offense. And then the next week be almost an exclusively four-man rush team because they don't need to blitz as much because they're going to have those four defensive linemen be able to get after the quarterback and they can sit more into a zone or if a man scheme fits a little bit more in this situation he's going to run a little bit more man it's a very impressive defense and it's built behind a guy who some are are coining him a mad scientist but really what it is is it's a perfectionist that has an issue of seeing all the flaws in themselves right it's almost like he is a 20 to 25 year old dude who goes into a bar and you're looking at the hot girl at the end of the bar, like, Oh man, I really want to talk to her, but you know, my job, like I just don't make a lot of money. You know, maybe you're balding. You don't have that great of hair. You got a crappy beard. It's all patchy. You little chubbier than you want to, you know, you need to hit the gym, but the problem is if you pay for the gym membership, then you can't buy beers on Fridays with the boys. And so you're seeing all the flaws in yourself. And then you're like, ah, you know what? I'm not going to go talk to her. Instead, what McDonald is, is he goes, okay, well, I have all these flaws. Like my hair is not great. I'm a little bit chubbier than I want to, you know, maybe my job doesn't pay me as much, but I saved all my money this week. I ate in, I didn't go to McDonald's. You know what? I'm starting to do some yoga. Like I don't like going into the gym, but I like getting on, uh, you know, walking around my neighborhood. I got a dog taking for a little bit of walk. Yeah, I got crappy hair, but you know what? I put on a cool hat. I got on a cool t-shirt. Cologne smells just right. I'm going to go talk to her and I'm going to play up my strengths. Man, I don't have a lot of money, but I got a great personality. 
That is exactly what his defense does because he sees all of his flaws in himself, but then he sees the strengths that he can use and the different strengths he can use and the different visions and versions of players that he can use against a team and against an offense that he can win with. It's a risky move. You're hiring, I'd say, a medium proven guy who kind of does things a little bit different than most. Not all that different because don't get me wrong, every offensive coordinator and every defensive coordinator that's worth their salt, they see their flaws and they go, how can I play up my strengths? The difference is here where it's a little bit abnormal is how much of an amoeba it is. He is not afraid to take a safety and put them in the box one week and the next week leave them on an island one-on-one with a tight end. He is not afraid to show a variety of blitzes and blitz packages and blitz looks one week, and then the next drop everyone back into coverage. These are huge things for a defense that in Seattle has really been lacking since those Legion of Boom days. It also makes sense for them to go with McDonald because what did you have with Pete Carroll in Seattle? You had a great culture guy that was built behind a defense. That's exactly what it seems like McDonald is doing. When you talk to all of his former players or guys who have played in the league that have reached out to former players, what do they say about him? This guy is a leader of men. He might not have played, but he gets what it's like to be a player, and he puts me in the best position to succeed. Shoot, he had had four All-Pros this year. Four. That's huge. On just one side of the ball, most teams are happy to get four total. Four on one side of the ball. He was able to do that. And so when you have a coach that is loved by former players and he builds this culture and he wants this versatile player who can play a bunch of different positions, a jack of all trades type player, that is huge because you can take almost anybody and find a way to use their set of skills onto your team. But it also fits where Seattle was their most successful, a culture guy with a defensive background, bringing in a variety of players that can play multiple positions, and they all do it in their own special way. That's Pete. That's Pete to a nutshell. The last two years, Pete struggled. Pete tried to move away from the defense that made him great into this new brand of defense where it's 3-4 and you're using more of your outside rushers. You want to use that Boye Mafe type, that Bruce Irving type, that Darrell Taylor type, you want them on the outside edge using their speed. What's going to happen with this new defense is it's going to be more of a four-down look. They're obviously going to have different varieties. Sometimes they'll have a three-man look. Sometimes they'll have a five. It just depends on the situation. That's what every defense does. But it's going to be a majority, 4-2-5. He likes to have his nickel, and he likes to use the nickel. But the beauty of this defense and the beauty of some of the players that he can use, can you imagine – Devin Witherspoon, Devon Witherspoon in this system where you can use him in a nickel and then the very next play, even with a nickel still out there, you can use him as your number one corner. There are a lot of players on this defense that can play a variety of different positions and that you can use them in different spots and they fit different molds. I think it's a I think it's a home run hire. Now it's risky. I'm not going to come out here and say that it's an A plus hire. It's the best hire that they could have made yet. And that's because he's unproven. And to me, you have to prove it 
before I can say, hey, this is an A+. But this is also why I hate ranking drafts the day they happen. I want to say that Seattle's draft where they got Irving, Russ, and Bobby, that was ranked as an F at the time. If you look back at that, that's an A. A draft. First three rounds, those are the three guys you got. That's an A draft. Right now, I'm going to call this a B to a B-plus higher because you got a young, energetic coach in there with an intriguing mind that does things a little bit different than everybody else. And you got a man of the people, a man of his players. You got a culture builder in there. Now, he has to prove that he can do it, but I think that he can. The way that former players talk about him, the system and the bones that he's going to come into Seattle to work with, I think it all fits. And I think he has an opportunity to be great. It will be interesting to see why the Seahawks, when it seems like everyone else is going in that OC mold, seem to be kind of bucking the trend. But then again, we kind of talked about this last week. When you look at the final four teams this year, you had two coaches who were offensive minded. When you look at it, Shanahan, OC, calls his own plays, likes to do a variety of different things, kind of a hot shot, or at least he was. Now he's probably the best or second best offensive mind in football. And Andy Reid, another guy who he's going to go down as a Hall of, Fame, Hall of Famer. If they win the Super Bowl this year, he might end up being in the conversation for greatest coach of all time. Is he there? No, but is he in the conversation? Why couldn't he be? And then you have two guys who are culture builders in John Harbaugh and in Dan Campbell. Now, in this situation, the culture builders did not win, but that's not the case every single time. Multiple culture guys have gone out and won titles. Shoot, Pete did it. It also makes sense that Seattle would go back in this mold, and it also makes sense that Jody and Burt Cold would like Seattle to go back in this mold because this is where you were the most successful. This is a hire that's going to get the fans excited, which is what they want. They wanted to bring some new life into the, into the team. They wanted people to start caring again. And he also fits what worked when you were at your peak. Your peak was a Super Bowl. And then getting back the next year and being a rush away from winning a second one. They were talking about the Legion of Boom being the next great dynasty. You were right there. You were the dynasty that never was. Well, this guy can do that same exact thing if he reaches his peak. If he reaches his potential, you could have the same exact thing. This all makes sense. KJ Wright said something today on 710 ESPN. Uh, up in Seattle. Actually, I think it's 710 Sports now. I don't believe it's 710 ESPN. I apologize. I apologize to Brock and Salk and their show. But KJ Wright said something today that I found very interesting and something that I, I paid very close attention to. He said that he was talking to John Schneider one day about why John drafted a guy in a draft. And this is a couple of years ago. John said, wasn't it obvious, KJ? He's the best player on the board. Now, I'm obviously paraphrasing that quote, but it stands here. And when you look at every single draft, has John hit on every single player? Hell no. But most of the players that he has gone out and he has hit on, there have been times where people have said they were reaches, and there were times where people have said, wow, you you got extremely lucky that you grabbed him in that spot. Looking at DK, right? But every single time John said, that is the best draft pick I could make. That is the best signing I could make. He is the best player. That is why I took him. When John hits at that rate, at the rate that he does, and he goes after the best player that he can find, 
it stands to reason that he would do the same thing at a head coach. And I know that he wasn't the one who signed Pete. And this is his first real shot at trying to go and find a head coach. But when you have a GM who goes after who he thinks is the best player or the best person on the board, and he hits at the rate that John Schneider does, you got to feel pretty damn good about Mike McDonald being the ninth head coach in Seahawks history. Only time will tell if John made the right move. But if you're a Seahawks fan, you got to go to bed tonight sleeping pretty good, feeling pretty good, and you're probably watching some 2022-2023 Baltimore Ravens defensive highlights because those are coming to a field near you. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope you enjoy. Oh, look at this run. What a run. Marshawn Lynch still on his feet. Has blockers now. He's dancing his way for the touchdown.